Welcome, bienvenue to the Fantasy Tools Podcast. This is a show where fantasy tools discuss fantasy tools. I'm your host, Eric Rentz, and I'm joined by my co-host, Michael Peterson. Our mission is to discuss fantasy baseball and the tools that we're developing that help us manage our teams. Cue that intro music. Happy holidays, Merry Christmas, Happy Christmas. John Lennon song, you feel good about that or no? Where do you come down on that? So this is Christmas. It's called Happy Christmas. Is that what it's called? Yeah. Happy Christmas parentheses war is over. Oh yes, it is. Yeah, um, I like Happy Christmas. But more importantly, the cold hit. The cold is hit now. Really feels like winter, huh? Yeah, it is pretty pretty cold here in. Um, in Minneapolis, St. Paul area. I know that everybody loves it when this turns into a weather podcast, but it negative. We see a, a negative sign here on on the um, on the thermometer, and you are not that much better. No, we are not. But we weaklings have not have not gotten quite down to there out here in Massachusetts. We did get five inches of snow yesterday, which was good. But yeah, you just don't get snow here in the Midwest, it feels like. It's too cold. <laughs> it doesn't snow below zero. It really doesn't. It It's just this, like, really fine snow. No, um, it's totally different. Because, well, what, what is yeah. to the west of it? Nothing. No water. <laughs> yeah, I know yeah, exactly. No, those those thunderstorms in the, in the summer are all from the heat yeah. <laughs> on the plains. That's exactly right. <laughs> all right. So what do you think though of the nba's commemoration of christmas it's got to be too much i like just games all day right so for anyone who doesn't know it's just five back-to-back games they just yeah they start at noon and they end at midnight and you're like oh well i guess we could just watch basketball all day and i don't know i i don't know anybody who would just like this in the same way that like people might watch football all day mm-hmm. make the women folk cook turkey and then watch football i mean <laughs> well i did flip on the celtics game yesterday it was just randomly like oh why don't i just turn on the tv and see what's happening on the nba games and uh and there's rob gronkowski sitting sidelines they're sitting sitting <laughs> right on the court You're just like okay there's rob gronkowski it's funny though because you see him and you think like basketball players are big guys? Like he just is noticeably bigger than even basketball players. Like they're you know, he's sitting like next to the bench and they just pan over the bench and suddenly you just hit like there's a huge man sitting right there. Oh yeah. No, he could go he could go in there for the Celtics and probably play a mean power forward. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. He kinda lumbers. He's like he's he's not the most graceful yeah, man out there. Had to be early aughts basketball, I guess. Uh, but I was pretty mad. You know, they always save the marquee matchups for this. And I'm pretty mad that Minneapolis versus Los Angeles, you know, the Lakers versus Lakers. Whoa, 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 whoa. Minnesota Timberwolves. I know, much. I know. But it's we got to we gotta play up the rivalry here. <laughs> the Lando Lakes rivalry. <laughs> yeah, that's right. 
Like, why would they do what that? A like, ridiculous name. We talked about them rubbing, you know, rubbing it in with the Minneapolis jerseys earlier this year. But then, then they go and make them play on, like, the marquee NBA day, the one that they hold up. Yeah. Like, hey, come on, you guys. Hey, Minnesota, you remember when you used to have the second best team in basketball in your home state? I think when they were there, there was a period of time where you could argue for them being the best. Well, I meant dynastically. You know, I'm ta- I'm talking um, anachronistically here, but yes, I do. That could be an argument that could have been made when you lost them. Yeah, <sighs> which sort what, of sort what year of was that? Fifty-five. Uh, I don't remember what year. Sort of unprecedented, though, for like a team at the the pinnacle of its power to just abandon its fan base. Oh, that would be yeah, that would be insane. Be like if the Patriots just left New England right now. Like, uh. Yeah, no, we're gonna be the Alabama Patriots. <laughs> Oof, that it would be just as weird as having the Minneapolis Lakers, frankly. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this week. On the pod, <laughs> we are going to battle our way through the leanest time of the year, in my opinion, on the MLB front. We're going to talk about just a potpourri of things, I believe. So here we go. I got a notification today that we are 50 days away from the Minnesota Twins pitchers and catchers reporting. But things are pretty rough out there, especially in the fantasy baseball world. Does this mean to you that it's a good time to start capitalizing on strategy? Should we be zigging while people are zagging? I think so. You know, this this is actually everything that's happened since we spoke last. Evan Longoria got traded. You know, crazy, right? In a real baseball (laughs) sense. That's that's it. Um, Doesn't change his fantasy value at all. Does it change anything for the Giants for you? Like supporting cast-wise? No, not in a any sort of meaningful sense. Does it change if this other rumored thing happens? Wait, which rumored thing? <laughs> there, oh! There is a Billy Hamilton rumor out there. Oh, that one. Okay, yes. I... I've, like, been so worried about it. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) been so worried about it that I've been uh, actively avoiding it. Because if Billy Hamilton, this would kill Billy Hamilton's value if he was in the NL West. It it would. He might strike out a thousand times against the Dodgers. (laughs) And I don't like, I guess his steals stay the same maybe candlestick's such a oh, small is park be... that no 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 no, or... no a a i know i know i know you A-T-N-T. correct me on this all the time but can we just call it candlestick? B is a massive park it is a very very it's a pitcher is it really park. deep it's I well, it's the... really hard to hit a ball out of there and but the hang times are short i thought the hang times of the home runs I thought the hang times for fly balls are short because everything gets knocked down. Yeah, everything gets knocked down. I think that it's. I think that for Billy, the bigger concern isn't um, isn't playing in San Francisco Park. I think it's who he's going to be playing against. 
Maybe he'll uh, hit an extra home run if he goes to Colorado. For you know what? Games. You know what? Maybe that's the wrong thing to think because I'm just thinking about the Dodgers, but then he gets to play in Petco. You steal, that's not going to be a bad Steal place. bases like nuts in Petco. That wouldn't be a bad thing. And then he'll be in Colorado. Even he could probably hit a home run out of Colorado. And that park is massive, which means that he's going to actually be able to get some triples. But he doesn't hit ahead of Joey Votto. And that actually, and then Arizona. That actually is important, though. But then he gets a hit in front of Longo. Great. Like, the the feared hitter Longo who forces people to pitch to him. I mean, Joey Votto, if nothing else, forces everyone to pitch to him. Right. Does he beat D? Do you want to bet on him versus D Gordon this year? Uh, yeah. Because you know who wound up with more last year, right? <laughs> but I'll, I mean, I'll, Billy Hamilton can't get hurt every single year. I yes, guess that if would he be. Stays on. If he stays on, he crushes it. I will take Billy Hamilton to have more stolen bases than D Gordon. All right. In twenty eighteen. This is great. These are my favorites because halfway through the season, it looks like I'm just going to get crushed. And then Billy doesn't play for a long time. And uh, D. Gordon catches him. Because <laughs> what? They, were, they only finished like a couple stolen bases apart this year, right? One or two? One. One, right. Okay. One. Globally thinking about trades, uh, thinking about the impact for fantasy, I'm wondering, people have put forth this idea that, you know, the Super 7 concept, I think this was coined on ESPN, there's seven teams that are just super loaded. It's starting to look like an NBA type thing happening here. Yeah. The Astros, Dodgers, Indians, Cubs, Red Sox, Yankees, Nationals. Um, Obviously, the worst people, the worst to come out of this are the Red Sox and the Yankees who have to play in the same division. (laughs) Yeah, that's super tough. <laughs> the other ones are at least oh, are at least spread out. Um, I don't know. It's it's an interesting it's it's an interesting set of teams, and basically, uh, return it's all teams that returned a strong core from 2017, and maybe added a couple guys. In the case of the Yankees, the Red Sox, Mitch Moreland. Yeah, that's oh, right. Mitch Marland was a return player, yeah. right? Yeah he's, yeah, he's a return core member. That was a good thing to get. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's kind of true, but <laughs> any given year, you can have one or two of these teams just fall off the face of the earth. Oh, thanks Just for, like, bad luck. And as we've talked about on the pitching, you know, you can have aces have bad years and it's whether you can bounce back like the Red Sox couldn't have survived David Price's David being David Price in 2017 if it weren't for Chris Sale having a just amazing season yeah no that's that's absolutely right um, and a lot of these teams are trying to to guard against that, I think. In, right, in redundancies. Yeah, lots of redundancies. And so they're trying to minimize some of the <laughs> the volatility, which is nuts because you'd think over 162 games that MLB would manage to beat out most of the volatility, but they still don't. Crazy things still happen even in just an insanely long season. All right, so, okay, here, here's a bet box. Oh, sure. Um Will one of these teams win the World Series? 
So it's this versus the field for a World Series. Yeah. Um, do you do you think that one of these will win win the World Series? Yeah, I do. More than like more than the field. Yeah, I do. Where is it that where is the break point where you would start to like sweat it? If I was to give you five teams, if you were to let me pick you five take, teams, take I'll let you pick five teams. <laughs> um, if you let me pick five teams, I would still take it. What about four teams? You pick four teams, the four teams you think are most likely to win the World Series. I'll take the field. All right, Astros, Dodgers, Red Sox, Yankees. Wow. Astros, Dodgers, Red Sox, Yankees. That is not how I thought you would go. You really think the Nationals are cursed, don't you? I don't think that the Nationals will spend money in season to make it happen. That's pretty true. I picked the teams that I picked the teams that this year demonstrated they would make moves to win. The Nationals this past year was their year to make a move if they were going to make one, that, and they didn't did do they it. <laughs> so, and then you're thinking the Cubs are 2019 fodder. I would. I don't like the Cubs rotation. Now I could be turned into a fool here, you know, in no time if the Cubs, you know, sign Arietta and he reverts to something much better than last year. You don't think Tyler Chatwood is? Cyan. <laughs> uh not compared to the rotations that the other teams are turning out. Okay. All right. We we gotta come up with some uh some shorter term bet boxes because we, we basically have a bunch of year end <laughs> so twenty eighteen bet boxes. Yeah, we had that really short one with Shohei. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was a good one. That was a good pace for us. After a short break here, we're going to switch gears and talk about some numerical analysis that we've been doing in the offseason. Here's an outtake. And somehow Steroids Boy got to 158 games played this year. Yeah, I don't know if that's going to happen again, but we'll find out. I'm pretty mad that he that he used... Well, no, I'm pretty happy that he used steroids because I never would have gotten him otherwise. But <laughs> Wow. Oh, wow. No, that was a come on. You did the exact same thing this year. Don't pretend like you didn't benefit from a suspension. <laughs> Starling Marte, please. One thing that we didn't get a chance to talk about before that maybe we won't even get a chance to talk about it this time is uh, <laughs> is uh, the distribution of global hitting stats by by team per year. Um, I put this together just to sort of take a look at what we might expect from offensive production coming up this year. And I'm looking at three three stats from what I think is simple to understand to relatively complex to understand, which is the distribution of home runs by teams, distribution of runs scored by teams, and distribution of hits. Now, my thinking is that while you know individual players really matter, like Giancarlo Stanton can you know, move the home run needle single-handedly. Mm-hmm. There, the the global distribution should still roughly be the same from year to year. And so, thinking about where your team or the team that a player that you're interested in is on, where they might fall on this distribution, is something interesting. For instance, Sean Carlos Stanton is now on the Yankees. I might expect the Yankees to be on the high end of the distribution. What does that mean 
that we might the high end of offensive distribution what does that mean that you might expect for the average run scorer or the average hit guy in that case mm-hmm. home runs however what is what i initially thought would be the simplest because you're dealing with a relatively small number i mean the average team the average average team here hits a little less than 200 home runs in a given year unless it's 2017 in which case the average or the median team hits 240 ish and the average team hits 220 that is such an offensive explosion but 2016 was already leaning towards that so 2017 wasn't even as much of an outlier as it seemed like you just had a little bit even a little bit more concentration um, well, I think part of it, and and we've sort of talked about this a little bit before, the shift, there had been a shift back, backwards, a couple of years where there was a lot of um, pitchers kind of dominating the conversation. So you see in your distributions here that you have a number of teams over um, home runs, 2015, 2014 were below some like kind of the average so that was it was sort of like a tsunami where you have yeah the the waves sucking back and then just like wave coming in enormously Hmm. is what the home run distribution home run tsunami so does that mean you're worried about the pendulum swinging back i think that it's going to i think it's going to pull back a little bit i don't know if it's this year or next year but it's going to pull back a little bit more towards the average but i think that we're going to go back to um you have 2007 right in the middle of this yeah you know and that's 2007 and 2000 what is that and i think it's 2008 are right in the middle of this, so 10 years ago. Yeah, right in the thick and of that's it. that's kind yeah. of what I think of when I think of baseball. Like, there had been yeah, pitching explosion. Now we have a hitting explosion. We're going to go back to center. I, you know, I think I can, I can get behind that idea. So just to put some numbers on this then, you would expect the average, if we, you know, solely regressed this to the mean of means here, we would expect the average team to hit a, about you know seventy-five to eighty percent of the home runs that they hit last year. Yeah, and is that going to be? And the question, I guess, it did so. A, do you think that hypothesis is off base? Is correct. <laughs> um, I I personally also agree. I think that you know there have been so many things that have been identified about either the the ball changing or just. Uh, and a little bit of extra outlier that there's going to be some correction happening there. And then out this the second piece is what is the temporal aspect of that that change? Do you think that that's in one year or do you think that's in over the course of the next two or three years? I think that the backlash to the ball was significant enough that they might just directly correct that. Yeah, because some of the I mean, you've heard some of the pitches like um, your your buddy Barrios was yeah. complaining. He was like, it's just harder to pitch than the minor league ball. <laughs> yeah, and I, I think that they, you know, they, they 
I think that the MLB will take that seriously. I think that they wouldn't change in the middle of a season or change the ball from stadium to stadium. Like they, like basically you would end up doing if you changed them in the middle of the season. But I could definitely see them during this off time, just coming back with a whole new set of balls, totally different. Um, In which case I think that they would target something more similar to 2007, 2008, where you still get an appreciable number of home runs. Oh yeah, no, definitely. As I said, you know, there had been just sort of like last couple of years, there had been a pitching explosion. Yeah. Well, let's take the stock of let's take stock of something else, which is the <clears throat> the run scored distribution, which doesn't mimic the the home no. runs. So interestingly, 2017 was a pretty average year as far as runs scored goes. So the average team. Uh, just to put again to put some numbers on this average teams at 750 ish runs which is sort of interesting because it means that um, your average guy if you expect that there's there's nine guys on the team they're all getting they should be getting 80 runs so where are the where are all these runs going that people aren't all getting 80 runs regular <laughs> regular starters yeah. but <clears throat> I guess you know scrubs are getting in there to get get some runs um, but what do you think? I mean, this is kind of going to look the same, I think, this year, right? You can basically expect Oh, absolutely. It. No, I like this distribution because it's a little bit... Uh, it's a little more tightly packed here with a couple of the years that I was thinking. Well, a couple of the years that I wasn't thinking, being the outliers, like 2015, being decidedly <laughs> below average. Yeah. yeah. Which is part of what everybody was complaining about, was it was it was not only the home runs are up, but the percentage of runs scored by home run is skyrocketing. So second yes. derivatives. Yeah, no, there definitely is something to be said for relating these two. And actually, that that's probably, I mean, that's another chart that I should make that would be interesting. I mean, a full, for some of these teams, if you look, if you just look at the home run numbers, almost a third of their runs are coming from home runs. <laughs> okay, but this means something for fantasy, right? If, if what's happening is that more runs are being scored by from home run it means that goes with our hypothesis that we've been talking about which is the monster mashers are scoring more runs than the specialty guys like you can't like you kind of if you're doing the clustering exercise on who scores runs you end up getting in these guys who hit a lot of home runs mm-hmm because you don't have that specialty speed demon a la Billy Hamilton, let's just talk about him a little bit more, <laughs> <laughs> who's scoring all the runs with guys behind them. No, it's Joey Votto is sco- scoring his own runs. He's not batting fourth and fifth anymore. He's batting second and third. That's right. And I think the the high OBP guys that can just get on base and get smacked in are more valuable as well. Right, and that leads you right into the hits conversation. It does lead me right into the hits conversation, which is wow. an interesting one. And this distribution is is pretty nuts. Wide. Did you take? Have you taken stock of how just how wide this distribution is in a given year? I mean, there's a yeah. there's a full you know two thirds variation. We're talking anywhere from thirteen hundred to seventeen hundred in a given year for a team. Mm, I mean, like you should probably say sixteen fifty. Sixteen fifty, sure. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like thirteen twenty to sixteen fifty has what two standard deviations, three standard deviations. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot. That's a huge. 
it's a huge expanse, and that's over a, the course of the last decade. Yeah, well, this basically says that the worst team in the MLB, or the least hitting team in the MLB, scores two thirds of, or gets two thirds of the hits as the top hit team. Yeah, no, we need that's to focus nuts. on teams that get hit. They get, they get hits. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's where your offensive production is going to come from, and the the runs actually, you know, I didn't think about it in this context, but the runs contribution is about the same. The top yeah. run scoring team is getting. 150% of the runs of the worst one. You want to uh, wrap this sucker up? I do, and I need you to talk me down. This is your, this is my Vikings temperature check-in, um, you know, between week 16 and week 17, and I'm psyched, man. They won this past week. It was a totally, basically a meaningless win against a Packers team that was not really trying, and, uh, but, it was enough to get 538 to tick the Vikings' chance size up to 16% for winning the Super Bowl. Yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. The uh, the NFC Championship game happens before the Super Bowl, right? It, it as far as I know, it's still scheduled for before the Super Bowl. That that is true, and um, potentially the same city. And it really it and happens it really first. could still be the Panthers. And I really still don't like that. <laughs> but well, I'll, it's probably going to be the Panthers. I know it is. I'll say it's good that Minnesota is swamped with negative six degree weather because <laughs> you guys need need to cool down. <laughs> yeah, there's there's a lot there's a lot of feelings right now. You want to say so long to the seven forty seven? I do. Uh, a surprising amount of media coverage on this. <laughs> yeah, there has been. <laughs> it's the go-to plane to mention. It is. It's the go-to plane to like blow up in action movies. I mean, yeah. there's a lot. There's a lot of pop culture surrounding seven forty seven. I mean, you know, stoked of course by the fact that Air Force One is well is two seven forty sevens, but that it is a seven forty seven. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean, isn't doesn't Austin Powers <laughs> isn't his jumbo jet a You're right. Yeah, that's definitely the one that we same should be conversation. Of. Yeah, flip side. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So the 747 is um, being retired from commercial flights. The jumbo jet. That's right. Well, I mean, they have more efficient. Um, better you know better airplanes and should that be surprising this plane is 50 years old i know isn't that insane to think about like (laughs) and most of them are 50 years old so like (laughs) we're made in the 70s we're made in the we're yeah made in the 80s like come on yeah (laughs) yeah no it's it's uh it's too bad that it's an iconic looking plane but I will say, you know, speaking about planes, I would have no problem if every single plane was a Boeing 737. You're a 737 fan? More than more other mid-range haulers. Southwest is all 737s. All 737s, right. All right. Well, I think that about brings us to the review session. Fudge. Christmassy delight.
Mm. Ooh, I think I just gave away my position. Uh, all right, I, I you, you know I'll start there. I'm I'm pro fudge, but chocolate. You know I'm not like a big like let's mix in all these other flavors. So no peanut butter fudge. No. No. Uh, you can dark you can list whatever you want, but the answer fudge. is probably no. Fudge to me is like cheesecake, in that like I can only have a small bit of it and then i'm sated which is probably which in the long huh. run probably best for me <laughs> yeah but not something that i eat a ton of now we'll say about fudge there have been times where i've eaten more fudge than i meant to and it has always come back to haunt me i you know i'm gonna leave that right there but that sounds like you're fairly pro fudge, perhaps even to your detriment. Um, I have no problems with fudge. I'm kind of neutral here in the way huh. of like, I would not, you know, if fudge came calling asking for an endorsement, I wouldn't slam, slam my door in its face. Also wouldn't give it any money. You're saying that your letter of recommendation for fudge would be pretty middle of the road. Yeah, it would be fudge has fat sweet <laughs> little tiny bit of salt good luck yeah you would not be upset with fudge you <laughs> no i what about what about the alchemy of making fudge any thoughts there i have never tried to oh, make man. i uh, i've never tried to make fudge and seen the process through to fruition i have tried to make fudge with fluff oh come on buddy i know I know it was, it was not a, like, but that's why I'm saying I haven't really tried to make fudge. How New England of you? I think, you know, it's, to me, it's fun because it's one of the few confections that stops at the softball stage of sugar caramelization. Oh yeah. Okay. Tell me more. That's all there is to say. That's all there is to say there. Yeah. For all the, uh, for all the sugar heads or caramelization heads out there. (laughs) don't know what i'm talking about <laughs> okay so fudge ambivalent and pro all in yeah. all in on fudge yeah, yeah all right nice okay little housekeeping be sure to subscribe to us on itunes and follow us on twitter fantasy tools mind the z thank you mild manner for letting us use your tunes be sure to follow them on soundcloud and facebook Feel free to email us with questions or comments send us messages at fantasy.tools at gmail.com Again, mind the Z. All I've got left is, wish luck to you, buddy. Wish luck to you, too. Yeah!